Warrior MMA community and fans, welcome to another episode of MMA Lowdown. Hope you're well, hope you've been enjoying a lot of uh, what the sport's got to offer. And certainly this year's looking like a cracking one in terms of fights, events, and I think we're all excited really just to be getting the such fortunate matches and such fortunate opportunities to watch it. So yeah, yeah, right on uh, MMA. Today, we're joined by PFL lightweight Cindy Dandwa. Belgian fighter, Belgian veteran, fought everywhere and she's still got a lot to give and she's in the PFL ready to make a statement. Now we spoke a lot about signing with the PFL, why and how that decision came to fruition. We spoke about preparing in a, a kind of pandemic setting and a bubble in New Jersey, how that impacts your fighting. Her expectations on the night, certainly in a new division, new organisation overall, what to expect. Winning the tournament. How would it be winning the tournament? How would it be for her name, her legacy and her future plans and the prospect of fighting uh, Kayla Harrison, which right now is looking pretty unstoppable. But in the same weight division, a couple of wins, you never know, they could be fighting before you know it. And we know that both of them have got a good kind of judo background and a good ground game. So, listen, if that's the case, that's just uh, that's what it's meant to be. And fans will love it. We've no got a problem. We've no gripes with that whatsoever. And we also touched upon the return of our friend, training partner, one of the former champions in the UFC, Misha Tate. So, mind and check out the PFL fight on Thursday. See Cindy fighting against uh, Caitlin Young. PFL debut in the tournament setting. Enjoy the episode. MMA Lowdown. Bring your lowdown on all things in the world of MMA every week. And check out the magazine as well, alright? Take care. Cindy, thank you very much for coming on the show. How are you no doing? Problem. I'm okay. I'm okay. Awesome. How are you? I'm all right. I'm just uh, just been busy doing a lot of uh, media work pretty much, just getting uh, lots of chats in and doing my research and just kind of keeping busy as much as possible. Not as busy as yourself, of course. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. So we're a few days removed from your debut in the PFL3, the, the kind of first season that you've been a part of. How would you feel about that overall? That I can be, that I'm doing my debut? Yeah, that you're doing your debut, but you're doing it in the PFL. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to be able to fight at my own weight class. Uh, no, no cuts, no unhealthy situations. Just train, go out there, and uh, yeah, and have fun. Do what I love. Do like follow my dreams. Awesome. How is Atlantic City then? Is that the first time you've been there? Again. How is um, New Jersey? Well. Uh, it's the first time I've been here, but I've not really been here because we are locked in our room and we are not allowed to leave the hotel. Uh, we only can go on the balcony, so I cannot say much about how great it is uh, because I didn't see how great it is. Mm-hmm. I suppose, but I mean, hopefully when this is all said and done, you can go back as a tourist like the rest of it and fully get to enjoy it. No, uh, after this fight, I'm flying to um, uh, Washington, Spokane, Spokane, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, to train there. Uh, I'm not staying here because um, I don't know any gym or any people here, so that doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to train uh, at the gym of uh, Rick Riddle, uh, Sig Jitsu. 
Yep, no, that's awesome. Spokane, Washington, um, a great place. Um, is that where Misha Tate's been training as well? Is that right? No, um, that's where uh, Juliana Pena is coming from. Uh, and uh, Michael Chiesa, San Cecilia. Mm, uh, okay. That is the place. Awesome. So we'll just kind of revert back there. So before COVID hit, you had a very, very active 2019. You had five fights across the world, four fight win streak. When you got over that last fight, before COVID hit, what were your plans at that point before the world changed? Uh, well, my plans were to fight for PFL, uh, but last year, uh, so um, <clears throat> because of COVID, everything got pushed back. Then I got pregnant uh, and I was like, well, then I'm going to take this layoff to spend time with my mom, who was very mm -hmm. sick that time. And um, we like pushed uh, our limits to give birth to my baby together. Um, so... Um, yeah, the plans were fighting PFL last year, April, but uh, circumstances and God said something else. So, yeah. It happens. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, certainly in the case of like a pregnancy and stuff, it's unplanned, is it? It's just one of these things that happen and you've mm -hmm. just got to kind of work around it and just go with the flow pretty much. Mm -hmm. So with the, so I mean, kind of with the lockdown, so just kind of reverting back to the lockdown, so we know that a big part of the lockdown, certainly for everybody, was the, the isolation. So as a fighter, you spent predominantly a lot of time in the gym. How did it impact your ability to train and prepare for your fights without having the gym open? So you ask um, how, I, how I managed to train without having gyms open? Yeah. It was tricky. It was tricky. Um, I had to um, uh, be uh, sneakily in my own gym. Um, we trained behind closed door. I had to uh, ask um, training partners to come over. Uh, I had to ask, had to ask uh, other pro fighters uh, to come over and train with me behind closed doors. Uh, there were no uh, normal classes. Uh, there were, gyms weren't open in Belgium, nor in Germany, nor in um holland so that was very hard because normally i go and train uh, in holland with bed cops or uh with day's gym that was not possible now um so uh, i had to find people to come to my gym mm -hmm. close the door and train with me behind locked doors and how did that work did that work well for a significant amount of time well i trained twice a day um, in the daytime, my coach, uh, Carlos uh, Schramm, would work with me um, apart, uh, technical stuff, repetition of stuff, um, getting back in shape, uh, strength, uh, conditioning, that kind of stuff. And in the evening, uh, um, because people still had to, the thing is, everything was closed, but they still had to work. Um, after work, they would come to the gym and uh, we would train like apart. Awesome. So... One thing that stuck out for me a lot for you, so I've, I've followed your career for some time now. Now, the thing is, if you were to go through your resume, you fought in a lot of different places and a lot of different organisations, many of the best. Was there a reason behind um, such a different flow of uh, organisations? Um, I'm. I think, like, um, in Belgium, you don't get that much opportunity. So I just took every fight. Uh, I never like um, said no to fights, hard fights, last minute fights. Mm -hmm. I took fights literally the day itself. Um, so I fought different organizations, but I also took the risks for 
to get there. Yeah. Um, so I think I deserved to get those chances. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, I understand, like I'm mostly a grappler. That's not what everybody wants to see. Uh, I'm not like a stand and banger and that's not what everybody wants to see. So uh, maybe um, that made me go a little from one organization to another. And also um, mm, the weight classes, um, 135, for example, is very hard to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't perform, perform at my best there, uh, but I never missed weight. So, uh, yeah, I think just the circumstances that made me go from one to another place. Um, yep. And did you feel then, so because you were always ready um, in that sense, a lot more than a lot of fighters can be, do you feel that you got respect for that? Do you feel that people appreciated that? Or did people think that that was perhaps um, a bit of a big risk? It's a big risk. It's always a big risk uh, to just go out there and fight. Um, but um, I think haters are going to hate. There will always be haters. Uh, I had many haters. Uh but I always took risks in my life with everything. Uh, if I have a difficult time, I will, will handle my situation mm-hmm. on my own way and they can talk whatever they want. But at the end of the day, I'm still doing it. And um, some, uh, some people appreciate, appreciate me for me and some don't. And I think that's how the cookie crumbles. Yep, it is. And I mean, you're, you're living the dream, essentially. You're doing what you set out to do. So at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. If haters are going to hate, that's that's up to them. That's their lives if they want to spend their time dwelling on stuff like that. Now, I just wanted to ask, so do you feel being in so many different organisations and being in different environments across the world, do you feel that you have an advantage over other fighters for being able to experience that? I think so. I, I know for myself that I, I don't crash under big lies. I, yeah. I'm not... Uh, I'm not a victim of pressure that mm-hmm. I know, but I know for Katie that's the same. She's been fighting all over the world. She's been mm-hmm. fighting on the big banners too. So that is not such a big difference. That's just nice that we can go out there and give the best of ourselves. No, that's awesome. That's, that's precisely the, the narrative going into the fight is that you've got two seasoned veterans. You've got a knockout, a knockout artist if we're going by a record and then you've got your very illustrious grappling record so I think it's going to be um, brilliant and certainly it's going to be under the <laughs> PFL lights so how did the PFL come together like how did you get into the PFL um, well at one point I was like I, I fought different organizations I wasn't always treated very well mm-hmm. uh, I know Ray Sefo I know he's a very good guy and I saw they had like 155 and that's healthy and i didn't want to make those crazy cuts anymore because it's not good for your body and i couldn't perform like 100 so i just told him like hey uh, i fought 155 before i feel way better there and he uh yeah he gave me this opportunity he gave me this chance so uh i'm happy awesome so what what kind of brought you here so besides the weight class was it the tournament structure the very big prize at the end in terms of the cash and money or was it the belt? The thing is like, okay, I, 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 I'm, I have a family to, to raise, like I pay the bills at home. Uh, so of course the money is uh, something nice, but at the end it's not about money. It's about legacy. 
Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I'm building my legacy. I'm I'm writing my final chapter in my sport, the thing I've been doing for years. And after I'm going to retire, so I just want to do it right. And I think uh, this tournament is a fair place. No friendship things or no, like, he likes this better, like that better. No, just fair. If you score your points, you're going through. If you don't score your points, you're staying behind. And uh, I like that. I like that. It reminds me of my old judo days where you just mm -hmm. have to like go step by step and the the best one, the best two will fight for the title. No, I think it's a very unique perspective and certainly the way that, certainly across in the, the kind of West world, the way that we're used to it, we're not used to that type of stuff. So it's good to be able to get exposed to that as well. So how did you feel when you got matched up with Caitlin? How did you feel immediately? Did you feel like, this is great. This is a good opportunity. Do you see any holes in our game? Um, I was uh, happy when I saw it was Caitlin because we were supposed to fight each other already. And because of visa issues, uh, the fight got cancelled. Uh, so, yeah, I felt that was something that still needed to happen. So that was very good. And um, I think uh, that Caitlin is strong where I'm... Um, weaker and she's weaker where I'm strong. So the holes in her game are probably the place where I'm stronger and other turnaround. So um, that makes it interesting uh, because it will depend on who can get it where he uh, where she wants. So um, yeah, I think that's uh, if I see, if I have to say some, one weakness, like something where I'm better, that will be the ground. That's what I expect. Yeah, that's where it is. It's a, it's a kind of classic uh, striker v grappler. So, mm -hmm. what would it mean? What would it mean for you to win the tournament? Then, like all the hard work that you've kind of put into your career at this stage. Now you're here. You're under the big lights of the PFL. Do you think if you were to win um, the tournament, do you think you'd call it a day? Uh, what it would mean for me if I win the tournament? Yeah, like if you win the tournament. So if we go into the the long career that you've had and mm -hmm. the experience. Do you think if you were to get through and win the tournament, do you think that you would retire then? Ah, yes, I'm 100% sure. sure I'm going to retire after uh, my PFL run. Um, I promised my mom to put everything out there and do the best I can for this tournament and for this opportunity. But I also promised that after this, I will uh, put down my gloves and uh, focus on uh, my family and my daughter's career and uh on the qualities that the children have and give them as much support as I can. I made this promise to my mother and I intend to keep it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, at, at the age that you're at now, I mean, you're still still very young in the sense that you've uh, given so much to this career, but you've still got such a, such a wide career that you can go into. You've still got many, many more chapters to get. So I think that that's a, that's a great way to kind of, sign out of the career that you've dedicated to so, for so long. So that's awesome. Um, Misha Tate's just announced a return to the sport. Have you managed to catch up with Misha and get some uh, information on her bout? Yes, of course. <clears throat> um, of course, I talked to Misha. Um, well, uh, I think we can expect a different Misha. I think being uh, becoming a mother uh, made her way stronger than she ever was. Uh, and I expect a crazy win. Um, I, I, I think mommy powers are something uh, people will never understand until they have kids and they know mm -hmm. what they're fighting for. And Misha has that now. So uh, she's such a great mom, uh, so loving, so caring. Um, I think it will make her like even a better fighter. 
Yeah, she, she certainly sounds um, like she's she's kind of accepted the position. So now she wants to come back to it. She sounds confident and she sounds good to go. So that's awesome. Um, did she give you any kind of good advice coming into this fight? Um, yeah. Um, you know what? Between Misha, it's not about advice. It's just like we have this love. Uh, like I love Misha a lot, and it's not like I know she will always support me. Um. I think uh, she's more like, she's been here like more like comforting me because I went through a very hard time and just having that kind of support for her is way more important than good advice, yeah. you know? It's all, always most important when we're talking about the reality of life kind of outside the octagon and that. So that's awesome to hear. Now, we've got another fighter on the card. Um, very, very big hype around her, Kayla Harrison. What do you think of Kayla Harrison when you watch her? I think she has great power. I think her judo is great. I think she's a great fighter. I cannot say something negative about her. Actually, I I also hear she had like rough times in her uh, in her life, and I went to uh, almost the same situation also as a child. Um, and uh, I just respect her for that. And I think she's like a fighter in life and a fighter in, in the cage. And uh, yeah, only respect. That's all that I can give her. Yeah, no, I think that as well. Um, now, if we were to kind of turn it on the other foot, do you see, if you were to ever fight her, do you see any ways that you can capitalise on the game that she brings to win? Well, um, I think um, people always still underestimate my grappling. Um, I think she might make that mistake, uh, but if I will fight her, if I get matched up against her, I will for sure... Uh, let my coach take a look at her and let him plan the game plan because I trust him uh, completely and I think he just sees way more than I see. So as long as I'm not matched up, I'm not looking at that. But the moment I get matched up against her, I'm going to be like, hey, Carlos, take a look. What are we going to do? I think that'd be a very exciting fight. Like I said, I've seen your grappling. I've seen what she can do with her judo. You've got a judo background as well, so I think it kind of promises for a really exciting fight. So um, thank you for that. Now, we've got a couple of days away. We've got Thursday. We've got your PFL debut. You're fighting a vet in her own right. We're looking forward to it. The stakes are high. Me and the world are going to be watching, so I just want to wish you the best of luck. Thank you. And I really appreciate you taking time, certainly in this uh, busy fight week that you've got going on, and I hope that we get to catch up with you again another time after the fight. For sure, that will work out. No problem. And I'm in the state, so should be uh, no problem. Awesome. Well, good luck and best of luck for Thursday, all right? Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>